The Sellouts is brought to you by GameTime, your new go-to app for the best deals on last-minute tickets. Did you know Nebraska football tickets tend to drop right before the game starts? GameTime tracks prices in real time from thousands of trusted sellers, then shows you all the best last-minute deals with prices up to 60% off. More than 12 million fans have downloaded the GameTime app and discovered the fastest, easiest way to get into the game. Look, it's evident that there are sports tickets available on GameTime, including Husker tickets. But what you may not know is there are also tickets to music concerts and theater productions on GameTime. If you have your site set on a specific production or concert, just click the search bar at the top of GameTime's interface and type in what you're looking for. Once you find your favorite show, click the listing and finish using GameTime's easy two-step checkout to buy your tickets. So head to the App Store or Play Store now to download GameTime and score awesome deals on last-minute tickets. Memorial Stadium. Since 1962. Since 1962. A sellout crowd. A sellout crowd. All sold out. Hey, okay, we sold out, but we still saved you a seat. The sellout with Mitch Sherman and Max Olson. Hey there, and welcome to another episode of The Sellouts. I'm Mitch Sherman, joined in my basement by Max Olson. We cover college football for The Athletic. Today we are taping on Halloween, so hopefully we have all survived the trick-or-treating to hear this podcast when it posts on Friday. Nebraska is playing at Purdue Saturday, 11 a.m. Central Time. Max, you revved up for this one? I am? Okay. That's uh, the appropriate... The appropriate response. I think that. That's, hey, Mitch. This is. Uh, I mean, this is the big noon game on Fox. It is. The world will be watching. It is big noon. We were puzzled as to why <laughs> this is the big noon game. There's an ex- explanation out in the Pac-12 that we don't have time to get into for this episode because today we have an interview with the one and only Faux Polini. Excited for everyone to hear his return to our show. We will also get into the latest with the Nebraska quarterbacks. That's the subject that just never stops providing content. We'll talk about my story that came out Friday on The Athletic about the one and only Garrett Nelson. And we'll get to the all-important bet payoff from last week between Max and myself that has occurred. I can report we, we it has feasted. occurred. It, it happened. It did. It happened. So we'll talk about that. First, quarterbacks, Adrian Martinez. Talk to the media on Tuesday, a sign that he is set to return to action this week at Purdue. The injuries are healed. Adrian says he's ready to go. Scott Frost says nothing about this subject on Thursday as expected, but he may actually be the healthiest Nebraska quarterback on the roster right now with Noah Vedrill and Luke McCaffrey dinged up from the Indiana loss. Yeah, that's a that's a little bit scary to put it in those terms. Um, yeah, you you know, what's your sense of? I mean, I think we both kind of assume that Adrian Martinez will will get the call this week. Obviously, you have to win this game. Um, I guess I'm curious to see kind of what his mentality is as he attacks this after after having to miss some time. Um, certainly, I think we can agree he he got humbled a little bit early this season, and yep. uh, when things weren't really clicking right, and and to hear him say the other day, you know, he feels like his arms juiced up, you know, he feels like he's fully recuperated. I, I'm wondering if you think we'll get to see some glimpses of uh, the Adrian Martinez that we kind of thought we would see from the start of the season. Well, I think that depends on the weapons around him. Um, it, uh, every, we've talked about this all season that. 
part of the reason that he hasn't looked like the Adrian Martinez that we came to know last year is because he hasn't had the weapons around him. And even that freshman from a year ago wasn't going to put up the same kind of production without Stanley Morgan, uh, without Divine Zigbo. I, you know, I listened really closely to Adrian's words on Tuesday mm-hmm. to hear if we could get like something between the lines about how he was more injured this this season early in the year than than he was letting on. There's something more that's been going on with his health beyond just that knee injury that he suffered in in the uh, late in the in the Northwestern game and. You know, I thought when I was listening to him talk that maybe he alluded to something, and then I went back and listened to the interview, and and you know, it it, it had escaped me. So you know, we'll we'll probably not know that at any point during during this current football season, and, mm-hmm. unless uh, um, you know, he Nebraska to get, decides to get a lot more revealing with its uh, its information and its its uh, as they relate to injuries. But uh, yeah, I think he's I think he's refreshed mentally. After missing Indiana and and the Minnesota games and, and having a bye week in there, I think he's he's anxious and eager to get back out on the field. Um, I, I I think I think he's going to look pretty good on Saturday. That's 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 my thought against a two and six team. Yeah, a two and six team um, for sure. I you know it's interesting. You think about the, all the hype that was around him really came from how he played last November um, and and once he got healthy too and kind of got in the flow of things. So. Um, I am curious to see, you know, I'm sure it's been eating him up that he hasn't been able to play. And, and, uh, look, we, the, we've spent a lot of time talking about the struggles early in the season and all the different reasons for that. And a lot of them still exist. (laughs) So, um, I think it's, you kind of need to be, be reasonable here, but certainly I think he comes back at, at a perfect time, uh, for this team that, that I think we can tell, is definitely in need of a leader to look to who's going to take take a game over and say, I got this, let's go win this one. Okay, Max, we are extremely excited, and with apologies to all of the other guests who have come on our podcast this year, our favorite guest from way back at the beginning is rejoining us today. It's Faux Polini on the phone. Faux, how are things going for you this college football season? Things are going great. That's quite a quite an intro. Thank you for that. Um, We've yeah, only had like good, three guests, you know? so yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's a, it's a short it list, anyway. and you're the most uh, mysterious and legendary of the group. So congrats. <laughs> Definitely in the top three. Then that's good. That's good to know. Yeah, no, things are good. The season's. Got, I can't believe it's November, but here we are. You know, only a handful of games left. It is. We're taping this episode on Halloween, but very uh, savvy of you to note that it is going to it is going to come out. Uh, on no- on November first, so you're definitely getting the hang yeah. of this podcasting thing. How um how about being a fan this season? I, I wonder. You know, you wear it on your sleeve, foe. Uh, your 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 passion for Nebraska, and in in your mind, um, where are these Huskers at in as far as your expectations going back to August? That is the key word, expectations. I think I think I'm in kind of a, you know a. Uh, contemplative, contemplative uh, state right now with the Huskers. I mean, you know, on the one hand, we have uh, what feels like they've underperformed against what, you know, where people are predicting. I mean, there were some folks that were looking at, you know, the Big Ten West um, Championship and Indianapolis and all those things. Uh, But I think, you know, where where my head is this week on that stuff is that we as a fan base, maybe the media is in that too, 
um, did not do this team any favors by coming in with the expectations the way, the way they were. I mean, this team is mm-hmm. what it is. You know, I don't, I, I think that there's been disappointing moments all season, you know, and we can point, point to those and name all those. But for the most part, you know, this team is kind of consistent week to week uh, with what the product is. I mean, there's a lot of issues. I don't think inconsistency is one of them um, <laughs> necessarily. So, so that is that means that this team is what it is, and it always was going to be this. And that's not really their fault <laughs> that our expectations didn't match up with reality. You know, uh, I think we've got no. It it's Scott us. Frost's fault. It's, well, yeah, it's Scott Frost's fault, and you know, he's in and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, so that's my somber um, little commentary that you know we all have a role in all of the sadness. <laughs> we we all share the burden. Why why do you think that that's is? Right. Do you, do you think that it's just uh, one of those deals where, like when Nebraska plays Ohio State and you can compare Nebraska Ohio State, you're like, okay, yeah, this that's what a national title team looks like. Nebraska's not close to that. But do you feel like I don't know over the course of the season? I feel like part of it is just folks here maybe don't have the best kind of relative understanding of like kind of where the talent level actually is, um, you know, and, and then you play some of these yeah. games where it's a lot closer than it's supposed to be. And that I feel like that's been a little bit eye opening, you know, what, so, what, what's your thought from where you're at? Totally. I think, um, I think first of all, everybody was so ready, you know, media too, but you know, the fans certainly totally ready for Nebraska to be back and looking for any little sign that that might be happening. And, you know, when you in in August, I was actually writing about that uh, today. Uh, that you know, in August or in the summer, when you look forward to the season and you build all your hope and expectations and stuff, you tend to focus on just the good stuff, right? The the, the positives and the reasons to believe and all that stuff. Frost is on sure. the top of the list. Martinez is you know supposedly Heisman um, contending. You know, uh, at least future Heisman contender kind of quarterback you got those boxes checked and it's going to be awesome you don't you don't look at the other stuff you don't think of the other stuff like you know the the um you know the the holes in uh the lines you know offensive and defense you know and things like that Mm -hmm. that actually affect the results of football games so um you know so i think that when you uh you know when we came in we're just you know we just got ahead of our got ahead of our skis a little bit we're probably a year that the the expectations and the hope and stuff was probably a year too early you know next season it's probably reasonable to start looking at this team in a different way but you know people don't like to look at years as throwaway years because it's kind of boring but it turns out this year is just another one in the you know in the rebuilding phase so you heard it you heard it right there 2020 is the year for nebraska straight from Fopolini. you're you're starting the hype train right now november 1st of 2019 you know just like back up i will say the truck we can put that on tape the only qualifier i here's what i'll say let's put them in the in the uh playoff contending race college football playoff contending race for 2020 as long as they expand it to 64 teams <laughs> by the time the season starts next year, we will be right in that mix. I, I wonder um, about your character and you know how you've had to adjust Foe's um, viewpoint on the season because of these skewed expectations for Nebraska football this year. Were you, were you just like chomping at the bit for Foe to be, be able to like rub it in everyone's face that Nebraska was like, Eight no right now, and and you know now you're 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 disappointed, of course, that that's not the case. 
I think, um, you know, to the extent I think about, like, I planned the season ahead, which is not very much. I think that, you know, there were, I was kind of hoping, like anybody else, that the, that the rebound would happen, you know, ahead of schedule and that it'd be fun to have like, be even more of a smart ass than usual in, uh, in the tweets, especially game day stuff. Um, but, you know, I think the thing that's weird to the extent that Twitter can be a gauge of this stuff is that it just seems like there's more apathy this year, or at least now. I shouldn't say this year. I should say in the last few weeks, just people don't seem as into it. There's not as much banter on Twitter. There's not as much, kind of energy on Twitter. So that makes it tricky to, <laughs> to do game day stuff because I'm, I'm feeling it too. You know, I'm just watching the game on, on my couch, not as into it as I might be, you know, at a different time, like the Ohio state game was, you know, that was an intense, intense day for a lot of reasons. But now, man, it's just like, there's just not as much, there's not as much going on. And that affects, I think Twitter that affects the tweets and, Stuff like that more than anything, you know. That that's really the tragic thing of this season. If 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 it's even breaking Fopolini's spirit, then we we've, we're in a dark we're in a dark place at this point. These we? are these are hard times. These are hard life problems right now that we're all getting through. But you know, we can help each other. We can help each other through this these dark days. What what yeah what what are you like to to watch a football game with during a season like this? I think, you know, like the Ohio State game, I got totally sucked in. I will raise my hand and say that I was fully expecting not to win that game, but I was expecting a, uh, you know, a a good loss, you know, like maybe Mm -hmm. close to covering or right around that, you know, 14 to 17 point loss kind of thing. Absolutely didn't happen. So it's more, you know, I don't think I'm angry I don't think I'm angry fan this year. It's more, it's more just sort of like, well, this isn't what, this isn't what we thought was going to happen. This isn't. And then, you know, so then that leads to, well, we're just ahead of schedule. You have two thoughts, right? This is probably every Nebraska fan, but I know this is me where you have two thoughts. One is, well, looks like we got ahead of ourselves and 2019 wasn't going to be the year. This just is a team that's not, you know, the roster's not, uh, as deep as we'd hoped and there's just holes in it and that's okay. And we'll go next year. But then you have the other thought that creeps in. If we're honest with ourselves, it's like, well, what if stuff has so fundamentally changed in college football permanently that the Huskers ceiling is just a lot different than we ever want to admit to ourselves. And the ceiling is something like, you know, seven to 10 win seasons are the norm with the chance of like sort of outperforming and having an 11 win season once every 10 years or something. In other words, um, North, Northwestern. <laughs> well, maybe Northwestern, like Wisconsin. Nobody wants to hear Wisconsin is our peer, you know, our permanent peer. Well, I think people would take that right now. I, yeah. I think they would trade it. I think, I think that maybe it's a, maybe it's kind of an age thing, right? Like that. I think that people who are realistic and smart and probably under the age of 40 would definitely trade that and trade places with Wisconsin. I think that people older than that, that sort of were brainwashed and raised in the old days, uh, in the glory years, would say, well, we'll t- we would trade Wisconsin for now, but not for good, because we're more of an Ohio State peer. That's our true, that's the true place we should settle into someday. You know, there's, there's a lot of people who think that way, and I just don't know. I mean, I'm, I probably have that somewhere uh, in the back of my brain, but, this, you know, evidence yeah, is not is showing depressing. that. 
This is a depressing thought. <laughs> this is a depressing subject for for well, I, I thought I'm talking. <laughs> no, I'm it's talking good. We need on... to embrace the I'm... existential crisis. I think that <laughs> I think it's I think it's time. Oh God, this I, I'm talking I, to you on Halloween as I look out the window in Chicago at snow falling and it's like 35 degrees. And so that's probably affecting, you know, the, the mood. So it's a somber, somber day. Um, I'm going to be in Chicago tomorrow. So I'm looking forward to uh, looking forward to getting some of that weather myself. We've got it. Yeah, we've got it your here. shovel. Yeah, you I wonder. Um, I, I, had, I had a question that I, I thought of as you were talking. And, you know, when you when you were discussing how it's been it's been tough to, you know, to avoid the apathy um, on social media that has beset Nebraska fans this year, something that you're always good at. And, and, you know, it seems like a simple question, but every Saturday morning, you know, you get things started right for like the entire nation of college football with your little, or I don't know, maybe you do it like at midnight sometimes on, on the, on Friday night about yeah. it's game day, jump ropes, it's game day, <laughs> snow banks, it's game day, ribeyes, I believe are your last three. Ribeyes. So, right, where, one, yeah. where in your mind do these things originate? Um, the honest answer is I really have no idea. And there are times where something comes to my mind. I don't even know why I do it. This is like, no, there's some of your best tweets therapy. Since it's a somber conversation, I might as well have, you know, a therapy session. Like there's, that probably comes from some place that I don't know that's on my mind and it gets out there. There's no real pattern to that. There's usually no real kind of like hidden message to it other than it's like a two, two one syllable words that makes no sense to anyone, including me. Um, once in a while, like I'll be out and re- and kind of forget I got to get this thing up because I try to do it like right around midnight. Once in a while, I'll like schedule it to go, and so I don't have to think about it. But um, you know, I'll and I'll think depending on what I'm doing that night and my mental state, I'll ask people you know around the table or whatever. Like, quick, I need a t- I need two words, one syllable, you know, a noun. Somebody give it wow. to me. So, yeah. you know, once in a while I outsource it, you know, these are oh, important good. messages. That, that's, that's awesome. So they're all, it's always two, two words, one syllable. So like it couldn't, you're not going to go with like snow shovels tomorrow because of what's going oh, no. on in Chicago. That breaks just, all the rules. Happen. That oh, breaks all the okay. rules. I mean, it's two on the nose. First of all, you got the double syllable. I mean, that would be a big, big problem. <laughs> we couldn't do that. Okay. That would be big problem. What, what are your feelings on uh, this Purdue game ahead? And uh, really, the month of November, what uh, what are you, what are you hoping to see from this final month, and what are you honestly expecting to see? I think that I've got to a point where I'm re- realistic enough that what I'm hoping and expecting, I think, are the same thing, which is two wins and a bowl game to so get get us the six wins, get to a bowl game because I feel like those extra practices will be important going into 2020. Um, and it creates a little momentum and a little, you know, thing to celebrate and talk to the recruits about and all that kind of stuff. So you look at the schedule, where are those, uh, wins going to come? I think, you know, I think it's okay to expect a winning effort against Purdue. Although I don't know, it's probably more, more similar to the Indiana game than any, than most games on the schedule. So that could go either way. Sure. Um, and I think it's fair to assume Maryland is a, a, a very winnable game. Um, so there's, a, there's your two wins. Uh, and I think it's fair to hope that happens. I'm not, you know, I don't think we have a prayer beating Wisconsin and I was not a game that 
you should count on good things happening, but never know. That's kind of a, you know, crapshoot too. If you know, once you get to that place, but um, so six wins. That's what I'm hoping. That's what I'm expecting. And you know, let's let's do it. We um, we talked about this on the Monday podcast, but I think it's worth revisiting with you since you just brought that up. Are you aware of the Valentino's Pizza commercial that's airing on TV in Nebraska, um, running a contest for Nebraska fans to get a free trip to the bowl game? Oh my God, no! What Interesting. what does Fo Pelini think about um, <laughs> about guaranteeing a, a prize of a bowl trip? Yes, you you <laughs> what you have to do something, and the winner gets a trip to the Nebraska bowl game. Should should Max and I? I think this is the ultimate question here. Should we jump on board after this week if things don't go well, or if they do for Nebraska, and also offer a prize of a bowl package to a, a Nebraska fan? That's a great that's a great idea. It's probably a brilliant idea, depending on how they wrote the the little terms and conditions of the legalese. Thing. You know, they yeah. may. <laughs> if it get a ton of publicity and zero dollars of expenses, uh, depending on how things go. Yeah. I think you guys should run more contests, you know, um, <laughs> more giveaways, you know, maybe, you, you know, you know you some of my lunch. favorite promises are empty promises. So I'm open to <laughs> yeah. it. Those are the easiest ones to fulfill anyway. And you just blame it enough. away. Like, you know, uh, maybe a lunch, um, you know, lunch with the guys or, Maybe an oil painting. You guys should do an oil painting of a listener's picture. That's a great idea. Maybe you could visit, like, stay at their house camping trip. Okay. how how are how is your how are your drawing skills? Could you could you draw something pretty cool for? They're pretty bad for some uh, to, some Husker fan. I'd be happy to do it. You know, maybe you know, I'm all about you know all about expanding the brand. So why not? I could move into some some artistry, maybe uh, some inter- in, interpretive interpretive new dancing. Mediums. Whatever, whatever, you know, whatever the people want. All right. I, I, <laughs> I sense that we've gone off track here, but um, that, I, I, I can't wait to see where that, where that was going. What else you, you might be able to, uh, to offer to Husker Nation or, you know, the college football audience at large. To, we'll to, to end that. here, Foe, we need a, a prediction for Saturday in West Lafayette. Uh, winning team and score. Oh, man. All right. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to stick with. We're going to turn this around and finish on a positive note. We're going because it looks like the latest I've seen, it looks like Martinez is is back and and better than ever. Sounds good. So he is going to blow people away with and show us the old Martinez that we were hoping for. And it's going to be Huskers 37, Purdue 23. Okay. All right. We got it down. All right, Thank you so much down. for uh, for putting up with uh, with us today. And, and right. everybody, please check out Foe's advice column every Friday on The Athletic. Awesome. Thanks, guys. Um, now let's move on to, to Mitch. You, you've got a story up on The Athletic today, on, on Friday, um, that I know you've spent a lot of time on. Uh, during the bye week, you got a chance to go out to uh, to Western Nebraska and, uh, and find out a lot more about uh, a guy that I think – has intrigued a lot of Husker fans who are looking for optimism for the future in, in Garrett Nelson. So how was, uh, how was that trip? And, and uh, you know, kind of tell us a little bit about what you learned about Garrett Nelson. First of all, I'd never been to Scott's Bluff or Gearing or the Panhandle, really, other than uh, a couple of very short stopovers. You know, stopovers. I, have, I have friends from there. How would you describe Scott's Bluff? It feels like you're in Wyoming. 
That's really yeah. I mean, it, the landscape it just it's totally different than any other part of the state. And I'm not saying this as somebody who lives in Omaha and goes to Lincoln. I mean, it doesn't look like Northeast Nebraska, Southeast Nebraska, Central Nebraska. You you know you expect to like look over the horizon and see mountains coming out of the uh, out of the ground, like the Scotts Bluff. The, the, the name of the town is 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 based on the landscape there. So really interesting. I enjoyed yeah. I enjoyed my time out there. It was a fairly quick uh, you know thirty six hours in Scotts Bluff, but I got to spend time with Chris and Holly Nelson. Chris Nelson is the father of Garrett Nelson, and he is a Minnesota farm boy who came to Nebraska to wrestle for Tim Newman in the late nineteen eighties. Was a two time All American, a Big Eight champion. Um, definitely has that kind of wrestler's mentality that you see with Garrett Nelson. And I think that's a great way to describe Garrett is that he's just, uh, you know, roll, roll down on the mat and, uh, you know, get like, after he's it. He's here to kind kick your guy. ass kind of guy. Right, yeah. Right. Yeah. Totally. I mean, look, he, he has not made his impact on the field yet that I think is anticipated in the years to come. I think this is going to be a guy who is a captain for Nebraska before he's done. Um, one of the things that intrigued me in talking to Garrett back in Lincoln was that he came in January as an early enrollee, and it was his mission from right at the beginning to get to know every single player on this team. There's That's like awesome. 150 guys. Yeah. He wanted to know yeah. not just their names, but why they were in Lincoln, about their families, what motivated them, you know, what their goals were within this program. He He gets it as far as what it's going to take to turn this thing around from a grassroots level. And I, I'm not saying that he is like the next Butkus winner at Nebraska or is going to be a first-round pick, but he brings so much to the table that Nebraska needs. And the coaches say, agreed with this. They, they're the ones that brought it up. They need more players like Garrett Nelson. Well, and you know, it's easy for, I think, a freshman to be thrown into the mix and to, and to kind of talk a big game, I think, in, in terms of, oh, here's how it's going to be you know, when, when my class takes over the program and that kind of stuff. But it seems it seems genuine with him that he's gonna back up um the the talk and, and that his passion and like his like his his desire for this thing to get right, it, it seems um very genuine. I guess what what was your impression of just just kind of what kind of leader you think he can turn into? Yeah, you know, he didn't just wake up his freshman year or in, in his at the end of his high school senior year and say, okay, Nebraska needs me to be this energetic, um, excitable guy. So I'm going to go do that for the best of the program because I love the program. That's actually who he is. Right. And he's been that way, um, you know, for, for as long as he's been playing sports or walking around and getting beat up by his older brothers who are interesting stories in their own right. Both Definitely. of Garrett's brothers. And, I, and I've got, I talked to both of them and there, there's there's uh, material about uh, about those brothers in this in this piece on the athletic um, that that publishes on, on Friday. Garrett in high school, he played freshman ball as everybody does in their first year at Scotts Bluff, which is a Class B power in the state of Nebraska, and then moved up to the varsity. And on a Saturday morning in August of 2016, his first year on the varsity, he. Uh, made made tackles on eight consecutive plays, according to his coach, <laughs> in a scrimmage. And it was at that moment that the coach turned to his assistants and said, 
I don't know how this guy is going to play or yeah. what we're going to do with him, but he's not coming that's off the very, field. And that's, that's that's kind of his vibe. It's kind of like, who is this kid, right? Yeah. I mean, that's that's the sense that I got from him when I saw him in the spring. And honestly, I was new in this position at The Athletic in March. Right. And I didn't cover Nebraska recruiting last year, followed it from a distance. I didn't know a ton about his personality. And I'd see him walking, walking to the locker room and there's so, there was something about him, like from the first time I saw him, that made me curious about Garrett Nelson. So it was enjoyable for me to, you know, as I got to know him more um, in the spring and then in the early portions of the season, I became even more curious about what makes him go and if he's always been like this. So I, you know, ha- had that had that plan to go to Scotts Bluff, and it paid off, and you know, I think made for a, a really interesting read for our readers in a time where Nebraska is four and four and there, there isn't necessarily a ton of reason for excitement about the 2019 season look to this. And I think you'll find some, some reason to, uh, to want to continue to follow or, you know, want, want to uh, be excited about 2020 and and beyond. Yeah. It's, it's a great piece. Would, would recommend that to all of our listeners to, to check it out. Uh, on the athletic, um, you know, I thought you mentioned it, but I think the quote from Barrett Rude really stood out to me. Um, you know, you hear you hear coaches say a lot. Oh, you know, if we could have eighty five of these kind of guys, that'd be great. He he said specifically, if we could have more guys like Garrett Nelson, we wouldn't have the problems that we have right now, basically. And I and I think that's an interesting as they get the sense of what this locker room chemistry kind of needs to be and the kind of kids they're looking for that really really care about this place. You you, you hear them talk about guys that uh, that understand that just okay is not good enough. Um, I, I'm I'm curious to see if they can continue to bring these kind of kids along because certainly the state doesn't produce a ton of of D1 guys every year. Um, but I'm curious to see if he can be one of those guys that uh, that they figure out. Let's let how do we go find more guys like him? Well, they're you know? they're working on it, and I think that's something that's underrated in this current recruiting class that they've got. Um, it's not going to be full of 25 guys like Garrett Nelson, but there are other players, and you, and you find them particularly around the Midwest, closer to home. Sure, I think Nash Hutmacher in the state of South Dakota as a lineman is a guy who's cut from the same cloth as Garrett Nelson. Same thing with Turner Corcoran um, in Lawrence, Kansas. I've met both of those guys and mm-hmm. written about them. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm interested to meet Blaze Gunnerson out of uh, out of Iowa. I, I have not done a story on him, but I, I will before um, the early signing period or, or certainly uh, in, the, in the time around that. And, um, you know, I think that from what I hear, he's another guy who is, uh, who's like that. So, yeah. um, you know, it's, it's, a, it's, it's in dire need right now, I yeah, think. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Okay. So, uh, last week we had a bet. We, uh, we bet on the, on the Indiana game. Um, I noted to myself and would like to tell everybody now, I'm sure this will ruin my success that I'm seven and one in picking Nebraska games this year straight up. I mean that doesn't sound right, but I, I believe you, but it, it doesn't sound it's not it doesn't even sound that great <laughs> Good because job. like picking games straight up isn't that hard. But <laughs> sure. with Nebraska it is. I don't know what with I am this against this team it is. Yeah. I don't know what I am against the spread. It's probably not very good, but the only game I missed is that I picked Nebraska to beat Colorado. Yeah. Um, everything else, you that know, sounds right. lost to Ohio State. I had them losing to Indiana and Minnesota. So, I won the bet. And we went to the Tired Texan, which is... I'm surprised that it's taken you this long to get to the Tired Texan. Because you moved from Austin in the summer, and you've heard about this place in Omaha. First of all, tell our listeners um, what you thought about where it was located, and, and what, what, what were your impressions? Yeah. Uh, you know, you didn't mention where it was located, and specifically that it was attached to a hotel. 
Um, best Western. It's a, a best Western here. You know, but it's funny. Like I've been to a bunch of I've been to a bunch of barbecue joints that are in gas stations and stuff. So that's not yeah. really a turnoff to me. You know what I mean? No, I, it's it's, it's it, it makes it stand out. Yeah, and I you know I I've, I I felt like I was warmly greeted when I walked in the door and saw Shiner on tap and and bottles of Lone Star, which I imagine you can't get a bottle of Lone Star anywhere else in in Nebraska. And so, Dirk Chatlin. Yeah, and and Dirk Chatlin was there too. So. <laughs> Clearly, we were we were right at home, and uh, boy, you know the the bar is pretty darn high for me, and mm-hmm. um, I gotta I gotta say I really like Tired Texan. I recommend it. I thought the the ribs were terrific. Um, the brisket, I was a little nervous about ordering. I just got basically one slice of of kind of the fatty cut, and uh, and that was good. It was good. I was very pleasantly surprised. Good cream corn. Um, I mean, shoot, everything we had, the service, everything was good. I, I was, I was really satisfied. What was your take? Yeah, I mean, I'm not the connoisseur of barbecue that you are. I've never lived in the state of Texas. Um, I like Texas barbecue. I love Kansas City barbecue. Disappointed that they didn't have the burn-ins today. It's not an every, yeah. We'll go back for that. Yeah, it's not an everyday event. I think you need to call ahead or find out what day of the week it's it's going to be on the menu. But I had ribs, very good. Uh, meat just kind of fell off the bone. Mm-hmm. The beans were good. Um, you got some chili. Yeah, I had some. I had some brisket chili that was pretty good. So yeah, it was it was another s- solid experience. I hadn't been there in a few months, and uh, it was good to go. And even better that um, I got my lunch for free. You know, and that's this is a uh, you know I, there's a lot of places in Omaha that I have not checked off my list yet. So I appreciate us getting this started. Um, and uh, and curious if any other listeners, like we mentioned on the other pod, they have any barbecue wrecks in Nebraska that that we have to go find. But this was a very encouraging start. Okay. All right. Well, good. I'm glad that you had that. And now I'm very there. determined to to win this. Uh, I think we should make another bet because uh, I'm determined to win it because uh, you know it was not a small bill for this lunch. Okay. So I'm sorry about that. <laughs> uh, we're going to predict the Nebraska Purdue game. And how are we going to differentiate this if we both pick the same team to win? How is it just a who's closer on the points? I think that Ooh. I think it has to be that. I mean, if we both get the game right, it comes down to points for the tiebreaker. We need this. We need this to be recorded so when it comes time to pay off, hmm, we that's can. That's true. Uh, yeah. Well, or do you want to make a second prediction about? Uh, all right, our producer Cam is telling us total points is the way to go. So okay, let's we'll do say that. total. Let's whoever's do, closest on total. Let's points. do total we'll points. Do All right, uh, you, you you go ahead and you go ahead and make the pick first, or I, I should pick first since I, since I won the bet. Since you know it all and, and you get it right every week. Yeah, go ahead. I'm going to say that Nebraska wins this game, um, 31 to 21. That's uh, that's where I'm going. I'm saying no Rondale Moore for Purdue in this game. Um, that's a bonus. That's a bonus uh, prediction right there. And I'm saying Adrian Martinez will play. And uh, we'll um, we'll have a good game. That's as vague as that is. No Rondale. Yes on Adrian. Okay. And and you think Nebraska's good is good enough to beat Purdue? I do. (laughs) (laughs) That's that's amazing that that's a that's a uh, a point of contention. But that's where we're at. Yeah, go for Um, it. Okay, I'm also going to take Nebraska. you know, Purdue lost to Illinois twenty-four to six last week. I think we know Nebraska is as good as Illinois, slightly better than Illinois. So I'm going to go Nebraska twenty-four, Purdue six, and I'm going to go low on the. Uh, that was the score last week. That's what I'm doing. Okay. That's what I'm going with, and uh, I'm going to go low on it. Um, hopefully, it's cold and hopefully it's low scoring and mistake filled. You know, it's it's going to be an interesting matchup because this Purdue team is obviously beat up without Rondale Moore, Elijah Sindelar, Marcus Bailey, Lorenzo Neal. Like they're you know they're going to force the ball to their receiver David Bell, who we we pick for our midseason freshman All American team. 
Um, they don't really have much of a run game. It's 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 a team that's struggling to score points and 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 be consistent more so than Nebraska. And so I think they're catching them at a good time. I expect some desperation from Purdue because they're at six losses now. So it's like it's 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 now or never. And yeah, so they're I, past that point. They got to go to Wisconsin still. <laughs> they, they do have to go to Wisconsin still. But uh, you know, I I think uh, I think Nebraska with Martinez back can uh, can show some glimmer of hope here. Okay. All right, that's all for our post-Halloween edition of the sellouts. We'll be back Monday to break down the Huskers' trip to West Lafayette. Are they moving into bye week number two with a winning or losing record? Our Monday episode will be available as a bonus to subscribers of The Athletic. This podcast and every Friday episode are available for free on iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Thanks. Thanks, everyone.